The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Today we are in part two of lifting, of lifting. Um, We explained last week that to lift is to raise, to elevate, to move from a lower level to a higher level. And we pray in the name of Jesus that God will raise you, God will elevate you, God will move you from a lower level to a higher level. God will lift you mentally, He will lift you emotionally, He will lift you financially, He will lift you spiritually, He will lift you educationally. In the mighty name of Jesus. So, we, we explained that God is in the business of head lifting. Psalm 3 verse 3, it says that you, O God, you are a shield for me. You are my glory. You are the lifter up of my head. We explained that when you're in a situation where you are um, downtrodden, where you, you need help, you are a candidate for lifting. And I pray in the name of Jesus, everyone that is in a situation where help is needed, you'll be lifted in the mighty name of Jesus. God delights in lifting people. And obviously, because he delights in lifting people, for that to happen, he needs to subdue the Midianites, if you will. Judges 8, we read last week that thus, the Mid- thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel so that they lifted up their heads no more. Everything representing Midian in your life will be subdued in the mighty name of Jesus. And we explained that there are a couple of things that we need to hold down this year for lifting to be secured. There are a couple of things. We looked at five of them um, last week. We are going to look at four additional ones today, making nine. But from last week, we saw that not all addition leads to increase and not all subtraction lead to decrease. Many times we are afraid to subtract because we think it will lead to decrease or we are eager to add because we think it will lead to increase. God will guide you this year in the name of Jesus that you will add what needs to be added and you will subtract what needs to be subtracted. Number two, we saw that God just doesn't want to promote you in spite of, your, of, of the opposition. God wants to promote you in front of the opposition. 
And that is huge because many times we want to get rid of the opposition or we want to run away from the opposition or we want to do many things but be around the opposition. But God is saying, well, in some cases, I will leave the opposition and promote you right in front of them. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three, we saw that you cannot be mighty and petty at the same time. You cannot be mighty and petty at the same time. Great people are not petty people. A lot of people have mortgaged their greatness with pettiness. That will not be your portion. Number four, we saw that we need to pay attention to people, 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 people. Humility, humility, humility. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Again, if you, you, if you missed last week, you want to get that message. It's, it's free online um, and listen to it. And number five, we saw that there are necessary bows for your lifting. There are necessary bows for your lifting. And the first one is that God needs to give us the grace to be under the things that God has placed over us so that we can be over the things that God has placed under us. Many times, the reason you struggle to be over the things God has placed under you is because you are kicking against the things that God has placed over you. And for you to be lifted, you need to sort this out. Number two, we also need to realize worship is big and you really cannot worship if you don't recognize the presence of whom you stand. So when you come into God's house, into the church or in your closet, when you hit the, the floor or your, your, your knees in your room, you realize that there's someone who is greater than I in whose presence I am in and you bow to him. I mean, you've heard severally that he who bows to God can stand before any situation. And that's usually the missing link for a lot of people. The reason people are crumbling under the weight of oppression or crumbling under the weight of attack or when they are going to challenges they can't stand is because they've not bowed. They've not bowed. To him, when you bow to him, he will lift up your head. Do I get an amen? amen? So today we will continue from where we stop. Now it's gonna be like jet speed, you know. But God will give us the grace in Jesus' name. The first one, the sixth one actually is that lifting has to do with stretching. Everyone say stretching. Lifting has to do with stretching. And your lifting will require you to stretch. Your lifting will require you to stretch. Many times... God expects you to stretch so that he can lift. We think many times that we will sit where we are and God will lift us. Amen. <laughs> but many times, God wants you to stretch 
When you reach your limit, how do you know it's God that has lifted you if you have never reached your own limit? God wants you to stretch, reach your limit. If you say, are you done? Is that how far you can go? Then it will now pick you up. Then you can see that, oh wow, this is God. <laughs> Praise the name of God. This is God. And, and what stretching does is that it, it sends an invitation to the greater. Stretching sends an invitation to the greater of your willingness to be lifted. You know, there's a saying in the, the western part of Nigeria that the, the child that stretches his hand that is, is the parent we lift. Imagine, I mean, I like hanging around children pre-COVID. <laughs> it was me sitting down with a lot of children, but, you know, COVID has altered all that right now. Now, pre-COVID, you enter a room filled with children and one of them, all of them, oh, greeted you, pastor, and one of them comes and does like this. What are you going to do instinctively? You will just carry the person, the child. The others can be jealous. That, oh, pastor only carried that one. And that's usually what happens with us. You see, when it comes to God, you know, you don't stretch. But another person stretches. God carries the person. And you're like, okay, uh, we all come to church together. How come she's getting carried or he's getting carried? God is saying, you have to stretch. You have to stretch. Even when God makes provision, supernatural provision, God, if you, if you look at the children of Israel, God provided manna. But God did not put manna in their mouth. God put it within their reach. They still had to stretch. They still had to go out and get the manna. What's, what's, the, what's God saying? Are you saying that God cannot, they cannot wake up and see manna on their tables? Of course they can. Are you saying that they cannot wake up and manna is already in their stomach? Of course God can do that. But God did not feed them with manna by putting it in their mouth. God fed them with manna by putting it within their reach. There are things that you expect that God will put on your laps or in your mouth. That this year, God is putting it within your reach. So, what are you going to do? Stretch. What are you going to do? You stretch. You stretch. And as you stretch, you'll be lifted in the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. Isaiah 1, 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You need to stretch. You need to reach out. You need to stretch. In your praise, you need to stretch. In, 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 in prayer, you need to stretch. This week, by the grace of God, we are starting daily vigils. Praise the name of the Lord. We are going to be having vigils every day. Come on, excited. You know, 
Why? Okay, so folks have said to us, why do you do that? Why do you have videos every day? Why? Can't can God answer? Of course God can answer prayers anytime. You know. But we are, if you call, if you will, we are like spiritual Oliver Twist. We want more. We want more. We want more of God. We want more of his presence. We want more of his power. We want more of all he can offer. So we stretch. Hallelujah. So your lifting will require you to stretch. That's number one for today, which is number six for the series. Number seven is we were made for community. You see, every year, it never ceases to baffle me how people are promoted, people are connected, how people, how God answers people's problems, solve people's problems. I sit down, even right now, look through the church. I've seen there's someone that someone else has helped because of community. That has nothing to do with pastor. There's someone that someone else has prayed for and God has answered that has to do with community. And the power of community is the multiplier effect. When God wants to lift you up, God put the answer in someone around you. There's a man called Naaman. He was a general. He was leprous. Naaman was leprous until a little girl in his house gave him the answer to his leprosy. Praise the name of the Lord. None of us is as strong as all of us. None of us is as anointed as all of us. None of us is as wise as all of us. The challenge sometimes with community, where I see people sometimes get discouraged, as, as beautiful as it is, I mean, all the things I've talked about, the values in, in community, is that because uh, community is made up of people and people are not perfect, people will hurt you in community. Praise God. <laughs> You know, if I say that, oh, community, oh, it's all rosy. That's, I mean, that would not be true. People will misunderstand you in community. People will misrepresent you in community. But guess what? In that mess is your promotion. That's how God has done it. So, Pastor, how do I cope? How do I cope? Someone just betrayed me. How do I cope? I want to shut off my house fellowship entirely. I don't want to talk to anybody in my house fellowship. Someone just abused me or something. How do I cope? Simple. Simple. 
is placement. Learn to place people properly. Learn to discern people early and place people properly. You even at that you are still going to make mistakes, but you will, you have to keep owning that wheel. You have to learn to place people properly. Another thing is that because somebody has been loyal to you three years ago, <laughs> doesn't mean the person will be today. So you have to keep evaluating the people around you. And also, the fact that somebody has been funny three years ago does not mean the person cannot be your best option today. So, if you made a permanent decision on a temporary situation, you are putting yourself in a bad place. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says to us, Ecclesiastes 4.10 says that if you fall, a companion can get you up. But if you fall by yourself, you are in real trouble because there is no one to help you. I pray that you will not fall by yourself. There's something that is common to humanity and that is trouble. I pray that in the day of your trouble, you have people around you. Verse 12 says, Ecclesiastes 4 says, by yourself, you are unprotected. That's how it is. An enemy can attack and defeat you. Says, but two can stand back to back and resist. And a team of three is even better. Like a triple braided rope which does not break easily. So we see we're made for community. Number seven. Number eight. And this is so big. Because particularly the situation of the, of the world, COVID did not go with 2020. Some say, I mean, it's clear, it's even fiercer in 2021. A lot of changes have come based on that. A lot of uncertainties have come even based on things that are outside of it. But guess what? The more things change, the more we must take refuge in the things that never change. I learned that from a rabbi. The more things change, the more we, we should, and we must take refuge in the things that never change. There are things that never change. There are things, you see, one thing that this kind of global crisis does is that people lose their faith. People lose their bearings. People become rudderless. People become directionless. People just sway. But you see, what we should do when crisis hits like it is hitting, is we should sit and dig deep and put our anchor down on the things that never change. Heaven and earth will pass away. But a jot of the word of God will not fail. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Heaven and earth will pass away. But a title of the word of God will not fail. Second Timothy 3. Second Timothy 3. Verse 14. Now, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, but you, Timothy, must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. Now, the Bible says that Isaac sowed in the land when there was famine. Now, when did Isaac learn to sow? Was it during famine? Isaac obviously learned to sow when everything was all right. His father taught him when he was a little boy. Everything was rosy. But there was a crisis. But Isaac remained faithful to the things he has been taught. You know they are true because you know you can trust those that touch you. So, God is saying, remain anchored on the things that do not change. Prayer does not change. It doesn't matter how you feel. Oh, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like God is answering prayers. I don't th- feel like prayer remains constant. Prayer remains constant. Fasting remains constant. Fasting does not change. And these are embedded in the word of God that does not change. Fasting does not change. Generosity does not change. What you do with your finances does not change. In fact, the people that usually come out on top when the crisis is over are the people that stayed with the fundamentals that they knew that worked before the crisis hit. They're the same people. You know? Right now, Bitcoin is what? It's 40,000. <laughs> you know? Bitcoin is 40,000. As some people now are thinking of, how do I, how do I buy Bitcoin? <laughs> it's too late. When it was in the hundreds, I mean, I was begging some people to buy. I was begging, practically begging some people to buy. Just buy, just leave it. Because that's the future of, of currency, cryptocurrency. I mean, what am I even talking about now? now? <laughs> Femi. Okay. <clears throat> Stick to the fundamentals. I've had financial experts, quote unquote, say to me, this is a sham. Cryptocurrency is a... And I said to them, have you read the white paper? Have you read the Bitcoin white paper? You haven't. I've read it. This is not a sham. Anyway, right now, all of them, they have Bitcoins. They do. Praise God. How does that even apply to us? There are things that you should do regardless of what the weather is saying. 
if you wait until the weather is right, it will be too late because that is when everybody else wants to be doing it. I, I mean, there's a, there's a man of God that I respect. I really still do respect him. And he was trying to tell me not to pay, pray my first fruit. And I disagreed with him and I said to him that, Oga, have you ever paid first fruit before? He said, no. I said, but me, I, my father, my spiritual father, taught me how to pay. I started paying first fruit by a decade ago. I've seen total miracles happen financially in my life. God has given me a house in America without, okay, just by paying my first fruit. Debt free. Then you, you have never paid it before. You are coming with theory. You are trying to convince me not to pay it. I said to him, Oga, I'm the one eating the apple. If I'm eating an orange, you can't tell me if it's sour. I'm eating the orange. Taste and see. So I stayed true to my fundamentals. That's how to survive. Your, your grandfather, your grandmother has taught you to tithe. You've been doing it all your life. God has been helping you all your life. The one rascal goes on social media and tells you you're a fool and you stop. If your problem comes, is it their fault? No, it's your fault. Because you've allowed the confusion to come in. So, the more things change, and this is so important, that's why you see that some people, they always strive. They, no matter what happens, they, they are consistent. They always survive. The reason is, the more things change, the more we work the more we take refuge in the things that do not think. The more things change, the more things become uncertain, the more we anchor on the things that are certain. Psalm 89, verse 34, God has said, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the words that have gone out from my lips. Ah, so if I can anchor on God's covenant, if I can anchor and remain true to God's covenant. He says, my covenant, I will not break. I will not alter the things that come out of my lips. What has he said? He said, he will not break it. He says, he will not break it. So, how do you ensure you are lifted in a year that can be potentially turbulent? By taking refuge in the things that do not change. Daniel 11, Daniel 11, 32 says, By deceitful means, he, the king of the north, representing the movement of the enemy, will corrupt those who violate the covenant. Says, but the people who acknowledge their God will stand strong 
and do exploits. I pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will stand strong and you will do exploits in the mighty name of Jesus. Number nine. Finally, how you deploy. Now, this is huge. They all are huge, but this is super huge. They all are super huge. How you deploy your energy, not just your time, will be the game changer. How you deploy your energy, not just your time. How you deploy your energy, not just your time. You know, time is, is important. It's, it's so important. But when it comes to fulfillment of like destiny, time sometimes can be overrated. Time management is an obsession today. But if you look at it carefully, time is a constant. It's a constant. It's one thing everybody has equally. The rich, Bill Gates, the poorest guy in Africa, they have the same 24 hours in a day. 24 hours. You cannot increase your time. You can't reduce it. You can try, but you can't. So the question is, can time now really be managed? Because the concept of management is improving on something by taking it through a process or getting much more out of it. So if you manage your money, you can multiply it. If you manage the things you can manage, you should be able to increase or decrease. But we can't increase time. We can't decrease time. Energy, on the other hand, can be increased. Energy can be depleted. You can have 24 hours and you're out of energy after two hours. <laughs> you're out of energy after two hours. And after two hours, what do you do? You sit down because you're out of juice. We get home. Our children want to play with us. We don't even have the energy to play with them. Mommy's tired. Daddy's tired. You see, for, for, for you to be optimal this year, you must master your energy. If there's something that COVID does is to make people tired. And something that lockdown does is to make you have time but no energy to do anything with it. So you sit at home and you're angry. <laughs> Praise God. Employers are discovering that you don't, you're not actually hiring, paying people for their time. What working from home has done is to show that you pay people for their energy, not their time. And because you're paying people for their energy and not their time, let them be at home. They will give you much more energy than when they are in the office. That's why people are discovering that they, people just say, ah, I work more from home. I, I, I mean, I do. Yeah. And guess what? If 
employers are smart, they will keep us at home working because, <laughs> because they will get much more energy out of us than time. Pastor. So, what do we do? Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12, from verse 1. says, remember now your creator in the day of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near. Now, the, 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 the lesson from that scripture is that the day of the youth signifies, youth signifies energy, right? So, the time to do your best work the time to serve God the best is when you have the best energy. When should you pray? When should you pray? Should you pray in the morning? Should you pray at night? When should you pray? You should pray, I think, where is highest. You should pray all the time, but you should pray when your energy is eyes. For some people, it's morning. For some people, it's night. For some people, it's afternoon. Strangely enough. That's when you should pray. So, when it comes to your, 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 your life work, let's say you do business. Praise God. Remember the Lord your God in the day of your youth. The business is the assignment God has given you. You mind that business at the peak of your energy. At the peak of your energy. You mind the business at the peak of your energy before the evil time comes when energy is depleted. And with energy, you see, there's physical energy. There's intellectual energy. Sometimes you're physically strong, but you're intellectually weak. You, you, you can't do any mental work, but you have physical energy. There's social energy. There's economic, communi community, communal economic energy. So, so what, what am I saying? So, question to you is this. How many people will go to bed with food on their table because of you? How many people, how many families will have food on their tables because of you? Pastor, what has that got to do with energy? Everything to do with energy. The more people heaven can see that will have food on their table because of you, the more energy, if you will, you are creating for yourself from heaven. Does that make sense? Okay, so God looks down and says, family A, family B, family C, family D can have food on their table because of my daughter H. <laughs> what has happened is that spiritual Economic energy is made available 
for daughter age. So that's why some people have more resources from heaven, more energy from heaven than others. Why? Because if you are going to eat up everything that is provided by to you, it is me, myself, and I. Make all I can, sit on the can. Yeah. Even you are stingy to your wife. You are stingy to your children. You are limiting your spiritual energy. Why? Because it is God that gives energy, strength to the weak. Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. If you understand this and you get this, no matter how much you earn, ask yourself, who is better off because of me? Ask yourself, who is better off because of me? Who is going to school because of me? Whose school fees is being paid because of me? Who is getting fed because of me? Isaiah 40 says, He, God, gives power to the weak and strengthens the powerless. Even the youth become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. I pray that you will find new strength in the mighty name of Jesus. They will soar high on wings like eagles. So at the end of the day, strength doesn't come from youth. Strength comes from God. And the economies of heaven is it is the person that's going to be of most value to other people that heaven channels resources to. It is the person that's going to be of most value to other people. I mean, by the grace of God, God's favorite house, there are a lot of things that we are doing. You know, you heard Pastor Sam Sam said that, you know, God has used us to build five churches in Sierra Leone. Praise the name of the Lord. He didn't didn't tell you the number of schools that God has used you and I to build in Sierra Leone. I I don't know the number now. You know, I don't want to give you a wrong figure. (laughs) But there's currently a school we are building in addition to all the ones we've, we've built. The number of people that are being fed, the number of people that are being housed, the number of school feasts that are being paid, the number of hospital bills that are being taken care of. Maybe we should put up those numbers one day. And you'll be amazed. That's why God will keep blessing us. Praise the name of the Lord. (laughs) That's why God will keep blessing us. Because that's how heaven operates. They look down. Who is better off because of this person? How many people are better off because you are alive? That will determine the amount of energy that heaven sends your way. And that will determine the amount of things that get done 
in your life.